All right. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Four Left Turns podcast. I am Nate, your host, and I am I brought along my friend uh, Doug and possibly new co-host. Doug, you want to say hi? Hey, everybody. It's great to be here on the second episode ever. He will possibly be the new co-host. This is over Discord right now. Thanks to them. Not sponsored. But uh, that's the only way possible doing it since, you know, two and a half hours away. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot to talk about on this episode. I have we have the same page notes and it is very long. There's lots of news to go over. It's been three weeks since my last episode. But that's not my fault. Um. And it's going to be another two weeks until the the 500, so whatever. But before that, there is the Super Bowl coming up, which I'm a football fan. And I am going to vote for the Eagles this year, even though I wish the Chargers got in. I'm going Eagles. What about you, Doug? You yeah, have preference? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to go Eagles also. Um I know um, quite a few people are saying Chiefs are going to run away with it, but... I kind of stop them in their tracks, and I'm like, eh, not so fast. I think Eagles are definitely a very strong team uh, mm-hmm. this year. Uh, do you think um, what kind of uh, what score do you think is going to be the final score for that Super Bowl this year? It's going to be close. I think a touchdown difference. Yeah, I but definitely. Agree. I'm just I'm glad there's no NASCAR on that day because I, I it'd be a lot to go between the two. Um. Yeah. Definitely. But now, if we want to, I mean, we could talk about Brady retiring, whatever, big news. You can get him into Harvick, whatever. But I want to start getting in a NASCAR, and I forgot to do it, but I want to ask who your favorite driver is. Oh, man. Um, now, I know you've you've been in the sport a lot longer than I have, so there's been more that have retired right. that, like, you've, right. yeah. Do you so, have a favorite? I mean, even if it's changed, has there been multiple favorites that have retired? Like, let me let me give you a unique answer. Okay, I think it depends on the decade that we're talking. Don't about. don't say owner or something like that. Like, I, it will not. No, it is <laughs> not. It is not a owner actually. Um, so I started following NASCAR in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say one of my um first favorite drivers and it might actually be my ultimate um has to be dale Earnhardt jr uh, um, yeah i, mean, I will... who yeah that, that's that's pretty right I so mean, most popular driver how many years in a row that makes sense exactly exactly so my dad um actually got me into nascar when i was like six seven eight years old mm-hmm. uh, because he would watch it every single sunday and he would just be compelled to that TV too. Like it would be like nonstop. Like, nope, don't bother dad. He's watching this NASCAR. <laughs> so like me. Kind of, um, <laughs> right. So, you know, back in the early two thousands, obviously, you know, with the tragic death of Dale Earnhardt in 2001, um, you know, he instantly became a Dale Jr. Fan. So one moment in particular, um, the 2004 Daytona 500, the last 20 laps where Jr. had the lead, um, oh, yeah, because that's over. That's his um, five, yeah, yeah. Right over Tony Stewart. Yeah, and he had like a two or three second lead too. Everybody, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody was spaced out um, across the track. I'll never forget. Like that was when I really like started to realize, like, hey, this is something like special that might just about to happen here. 
you know, and of course, you know, my dad, you know, is all decked down as Dill mm. Jr. Like well, jacket this, and hat. Was this the first okay. race you ever saw? Yes, actually. Okay. Um, first one that I actually paid attention to. Because it's the same way um, for me with Larson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it just seemed like those last 20 laps of that Daytona 500, it just, um, it, it felt like it took forever, mm. honestly. And then finally the white flag flew. And then I'm like, okay, you know, this is like little eight, nine year old me, you know, still <laughs> trying to, you know, I didn't fully understand what happened to Dale Earnhardt yet. I just knew that, you know, he passed away. Um, yeah. But I didn't know like the significance of what that moment um that was pretty much unfolding before my eyes during that Daytona 500 was about to happen. And then Dale Jr. crossed the finish line. My dad just made this huge eruption. And, <laughs> you know, of course, you know, I was cheering too, because obviously, you know, why wouldn't you? And then it took me a couple years in order to learn, you know, exactly what happened, you know, with Dale Earnhardt and yeah. really appreciate that victory. So, Dale Jr. definitely, but obviously since he, um, you know, retired, you know, a few years ago, I kind of have two favorites now, and that would be uh, Chase Elliott and oh. Kyle Larson. I say Chase. I, I like Elliott the Larson. I like the Larson, but the Chase Elliott agree. not so much. That's that's our common ground, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and with Chase, I the biggest reason is that he's the son of a legend, also, and mm-hmm. it's you know, it's the exact same story. Well, kind of the same story. As Dale Earnhardt Jr., right? Because obviously Bill Elliott's still uh, here and with us, but still son of another racing legend. And, you know, obviously Chase is making his own history. So that's why I like Chase. And then I think what Larson is doing with the sport, especially, you know, just dominating. It, well, it's not um, even just, just the sport. I mean, he's doing all of motorsports. It's literally like he, there's been so much talk about it recently, how he goes around and wins in anything, with, especially with him running the, true. uh, the the double the Indy 500 and then the Coke 600 next year where he's doing both of those the same day that's yep. like, like exactly last person so who did that really, was Tony Stewart like right and he's really just transforming you know just racing in general not just NASCAR but racing in general so you know and obviously he has a pretty much almost a full career ahead of him still so oh yeah he's he caught my young. eye early he's got me as a fan early obviously I'm sticking with him also. And um, with our nice little uh, NASCAR uh, game bet that we do every yeah. week, he is not a uh, driver that you want to avoid picking. He's always one of the go-tos. So uh, definitely like both Chase and Larson for sure. All right. Well, I got that out of the way. Now to move into the various amounts of news. Um, this was all released like, what a couple uh, just under a week ago it was nascar came out with a ton of new rules first one was nascar banned the viral wall ride from ross chastain it wasn't anything specifically saying like that exact move but they said anything like that would cause a time of penalty so basically it's kind of awesome though if you think about it it means right he did it before anybody has seen it and now nobody will see it again so right. I, I exactly. definitely think that's it's it's cool, but it's like it was a one time thing. And, you know, and that's going to eventually become um, mainstream. Like if, yeah. you know, somebody gets it, into like a car accident freeway and the car just, you know, 
rattles like the guardrail like on a bridge or something like that they're gonna say like oh they're he doing chastained. The chastained. right they're, they're doing, doing the, 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 the hill right. melon <laughs> exactly exactly so you know yeah i mean i think that's a move that i think they kind of needed to do for you know obviously safety mm-hmm. reasons both for the driver and you know the fans you know, i mean yeah you look at that fence. you look at that car after it was torn up on the right yeah, side exactly. it was who knows, especially with the next gen, the, all the crashing problems they've been having with that. Like, yeah, who knows? exactly. If exactly. you do that There's at a, any other track and you hit it at the wrong angle, what kind of damage does that cause to the driver? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it was definitely a good move that they needed to do. Um, and then in terms of just, you know, Ross Chastain in general, his name's mm-hmm. always going to be on that. And his name oh, yeah. will be on that for pretty much forever. Because like you said... Mm-hmm. You know, nobody can pretty much, you know, repeat it without, you know, penalty. So it's going to, you know, skew some uh, people away from doing that. So definitely, yeah. uh, it will definitely become mainstream. That's for sure. And then the next pair of news that I know a lot of fans I saw all over Twitter were very happy about was the no cautions for straight uh, stage breaks at yeah. uh, NASCAR or the Cup Series road course events. But stage points will still be awarded as normal. So I'm assuming where they would put the stage breaks, they'll just say, hey, this is they get the points, which I I get. They still want to incorporate that. But I I loved it was like you watch you watch some of those races like I I can't I think it was like Watkins Glen or something like that it's like 15 laps till the end of the stage it's like geez it's so short and then you get a caution mm-hmm. and they take like 10 laps or, or like or it feels like three laps or whatever it just feels like forever and it's just like let them race keep going and it's just I feel like you can make a lot more time up on um. You can make a lot more interesting stuff happen on road courses because of the way they're True. driven compared to like an oval race. True. But I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I really don't ever see like the need for those stage breaks. I mean, yeah, you know, they, that, that could be me, you know, just, um, you, know, you were there before the, right. say, you were there before 2017 when they started that. I mean, I'm exactly. sure Martrix Jr. Right. loves it because he's been dominating stage breaks over these last, what, seven, almost six years. True, true. You know, so, you know, that's something that, you know, always, um, you know, it's just something that I haven't, you know, really caught on yet, you know, caught on to yet. But, I mean, I've, like you said, I think um, actually eliminating them from road courses, I think that's obviously a very solid move by nascar and hopefully I, it they seemed tend like, to move it you know it to other classes but yeah i i think it's just right now i think some people do like the stage breaks because it's kind of like oh like a resetting kind of thing like a like a, mm-hmm. i mean that's what it is really and then there's other parts where it's like I do wish they didn't have those breaks. It is nice to just like, oh, they've got some really good racing going on, but it's going to stop and it's going to change because new, like there's two different sides and everybody's going to have their opinion on that. But I think that one was mostly liked by the NASCAR community. Yeah, no, I, I can see that again. I'm, you know, I'm kind of 50, 50 about it. Yeah. You know, I see the benefits, but. You know, I've also seen, you know, NASCAR before it was implemented, and that's, you know, when I really liked sports. So mm-hmm. catch me on any given day, I'll probably give you a different opinion. But, uh, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. And then the next one, which I know was another little controversial, is the detached wheel penalty. They said if it was on pit road, if I if I remember this correctly, it was if it was on pit road, you have to do a pass through on the next green lap. Um, mm-hmm. or if if it's on track, you have to go to the rear of the field on the next yellow, or do another or like a a pass through penalty. I I think it was that way, which I mean it's better than the the like I think they were like. It was one crew member and the crew chief were both gone for like two, three races, and that just like that's extreme, especially for how much, how many. I, I it was at least, tw- I I feel like above twenty wheels that were <laughs> that it happened last right this most last season, which obviously was a big problem with the next gen car, but it happened a lot, mm-hmm. and the crew chiefs were not at the track a lot. I mean, just you know, just um, on that topic, I just remember two um instances in the past where that became an issue also like i remember um you know the cup series finale back in 2004 um yeah yeah. you know kurt Kurt bush Bush was the points leader yeah Mm -hmm. and then he's on the pit lane and yeah his was it his right front tire that came off was it the right rear was it the left foot i thought i thought it was left if i remember correctly it could it was like left front and then it just Um, went off and then went on to the and went into pit road right. right and that caused the caution which he actually needed or else um you know he was going to get lapped which then you know would move him to like second or third in the point standings so yeah. i remember that being definitely the turning point of you know that final race back in mm-hmm. four. but i also remember and this is how dumb and stupid i am um <laughs> I was on YouTube and there were and there is a um, YouTube video called um, like Wacky Cautions of NASCAR. Oh my god, I've watched and, a couple uh, of those videos. <laughs> yeah, it's it always shakes your head. Also, because there was one race, I'm pretty sure it was Atlanta. Actually, like, are you just like talking about like this most recent, like 2022? No, no, this was um like, uh, gosh, probably about like 10 years ago. Um, it was an Atlanta race, and oh. it was the Cup Series though. Yeah. And um, they were um, right in the middle of uh, doing green flag pit stops. And there was this, like, you know, go or go homer uh, car that was coming down pit lane. It was number 54. Again, I don't remember his name because oh. uh, obviously it's not significant. Um, <laughs> they went down to pit lane and um, a loose tire um, from the pit box ends up uh, being um, ends up rolling out to the infield like grass and a crew member runs onto the racetrack during green flag that was, pit stops i thought that was xfinity i thought that was xfinity it, um this year like this most recent year it, I, I thought I that happened i swear it I may to, have i know um, that happened was, last year because there was this big like a big like hoopla about it like yeah it, the crew member could have gone really injured Right, and they had to immediately throw that caution flag because that guy could have been killed, you know, because, you know, you got a lot of drivers on there on Ward mm-hmm. tires, you know, and obviously Atlanta is one of the fastest tracks, if not the fastest track in, you know, NASCAR. And, you know, you're in green flag pit stops, you know, you got cars coming down pit lane, you got people out there on Ward tires. Like, it, mm-hmm. that's a dangerous situation from a safety standpoint. So by that crew member, you know, running onto... You know, 
the track, you know, even though it's just to grab the tire, you know, from the grass, that's still a problem. He's over that pit wall. So they had to immediately throw that caution and that, you know, screwed yeah. everybody over. And um, he became the butt of all jokes for at least quite a few weeks after that from what I remember. So. Yeah, but I I definitely think this rule will be a little bit, or the way they change it will be a little bit better for the teams in general with the less crew or more crew at the track now. Less oh, most definitely. Most definitely. 100% agree there. And then the other there's two more on this this the one day they uh two more rules they on the day they released all the new ones there was wet tires available for some damp conditions on short tracks and i have them all listed it was the coliseum which they didn't end up needing uh martinsville north wilkesboro the all-star race uh new hampshire phoenix richmond milwaukee which i cannot think what track that is and indianapolis raceway park which don't know which one that one is either it's just not on top of my head but um i think that's gonna be very light i mean it's if it's not pouring rain but it's sprinkling it'd be like hey throw some wet tires on let's go he's always you always hear some of the old dudes at the track joke about it right? so throw the wet tires on right and you, you want to know something funny just by you um naming all those tracks one thing that I found that is actually similar between all of those is that they don't have a lot of banking. No, right. That is true. So, yeah. so I, I think there, I think that's the reasoning for that. I mean, just I think you know, North Wilkesboro has the most, really. Yeah, right. And that's not a lot at all. I mean, Coliseum pretty much nothing because you know it's mm-hmm. the Coliseum, right? It, it's Martinsville, like barely any. Right, Martinsville, barely any. New Hampshire is very flat. You know. Phoenix might have a little bit more, but still mm-hmm. relatively flat. You know, Richmond, yeah, that decent. one's got the probably the probably the biggest, I would say. In the yeah, corners, exactly. it's definitely more of a bigger incline. Right, and then Milwaukee and um, Indianapolis Raceway Park. I actually, um, you know, back in the day when I was a huge uh, gamer, again, <laughs> this was like elementary school, junior high. I played all the NASCAR games. You know, they had those two tracks on there, so I know those two tracks pretty well. And uh, they're pretty much flat also. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a common uh, denominator there. I um, definitely... If the track's pretty much flat, then, yeah, you might want to consider this just so drivers can have more grip on a wet track. It might be a little bad saying it, but I want to see at least one of those happen. I know it might cause more cautions and cracks or whatever, but I want to see them put wet tires on. It's something we haven't seen in a while, and I know they tested last year, but I, w- I want to see it happen. It'd be interesting. It would, it would definitely. So I, that those races, um, obviously, I don't think we uh, race at Milwaukee and uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park mm-hmm. in the Cup Series, but um, for the other ones, I'm definitely curious to see. Um, obviously, the weather needs to be right, also. Mm-hmm. But um, that would be an interesting way race to uh, really watch, you know, for the second eye, just to see how that works in you know in a competitive environment, also. Yeah, that that's like my whole. I it's always there. I I've always wanted to see that, and like I was, I watched. I remember seeing the uh, when Xfinity did the Roval in pouring rain, and I loved watching that race. That was that was a really fun race for me to watch. That was a great one. And I Definitely. I don't know, I think I don't remember who ended up winning it, but I I just I love seeing. I mean, yeah, there was 
they were always spinning out and whatever, but it was just funny. It was just like, watch. I mean, maybe not funny for them, but at least funny for me or fun to watch. It so. made for a great Sunday, didn't it? Oh yeah. Well, Saturday. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Xfinity. True. Right. Um, and talking about Xfinity, the points requirements for playoff eligibility for playoffs was removed. Um, so that means anybody within who, if they run a full season, can be eligible for the playoffs. So you it used to be top 30 in the Cup Series and top 20 for the Xfinity Series. But now if they have the waiver to run in the playoffs, then they can they can make go. And so you have a small team that gets a win at, at Dega or Daytona or something, and, hey, they're in the playoffs. You could get a, you could get a <laughs> Rick Ware racing car in the playoffs if somehow they win. Right. I mean, seeing, I think that's another move by NASCAR saying, hey, if you have a chance, um, you should be able to, you know, utilize it, right? Mm-hmm. See how far you can go. Well, I think it's right? really the next gen car being so competitive, too. I, right. I think it's you know, and saying, I'm sure hey, look, probably... look how many winners we had last year and how many first time winners. I wonder, we have two more, you know, rookies this year. Howard, like, what? It's, it's going to be more interesting. Right, and I'm sure there's a whole lot of um, you know debate and considerations that go that happen behind closed doors that you know mm-hmm. people like you know me and you you know can kind of think about but not fully or flat out you know oh we haven't considered that as mm-hmm. you know race fans or you know viewers as to why those decisions are being made but no I definitely think you are uh, definitely on the right track in terms of that. Mm-hmm. And then talking about Dega and Daytona, uh, the choose rule or the choose cone, whatever you want to call it, will be implemented at dirt tracks. So I'm guessing just um, dirt Bristol and maybe uh, Eldora for the trucks. I don't know if they do it in the I don't remember if they do it in the lower series. And then mm-hmm. obviously Dega and Daytona. So that'll I, I think coming to like, let's say last caution you know big one happens five laps left all right this is the choose rule like especially on the super speedways teammates that's a big thing as teammates so I, right. I really think i don't think it'll matter matter as much on dirt unless like one line's running better than the other but for super speedways i think that choose rule is gonna be like that's gonna be huge and that's all strategy too and oh yeah, it's it's all it's all it's all manufacturers. I mean, it's Ford stay with Fords, right. and Fords always strong, and then Chevys and Chevy. It's 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 all planned ahead. Yeah, exactly. See, and this is a move that I think um, I wish they would have done this like earlier because obviously the truths rule is definitely still relatively new. Do you know when um, they first started with that? So they things, started or? it they started it in the 2020 Michigan race because I remember right. that cuz it was the one Michigan race I didn't go to and I'm like there was I think Austin Dillon was the first one to bring it up and he's like we should bring it back and they all talked to it and it was a little bit easier mm-hmm. I don't know with, with it being the covid year Yeah, and then what um right See, what they did in the olden days, too, and this is, again, you know, pro- probably dating myself, um, <laughs> you know, when um, you're on your left caution lap, you know, where they're going to drop the green flag the next lap, um, it was still 
you know, everybody that was in single file, you know, throughout the duration of the caution, um, got into, you know, double file where all the cars, um, that were lapped or not on the lead lap for, you know, to be politically correct. Which I never um, understood. I never understood that. Right. Were, um, forced to be on the inside lane while all uh, drivers who were on the lead lap were on the outside lane. So technically, you know, whoever the lucky dog was, um, you know, was the first car in that inside lane. So that way, if they passed the leader on the restart, then they were suddenly on the lead lap again. So I know that's how they did it in, you know, many years ago. And I can't remember um, when that exactly changed. Um, But that was an interesting, um, it kind of worked, but it kind of didn't too, because Mm -hmm. obviously for the cars that were lapped. Well, they were slow. I mean, you got to think they're slower than... Right, so now you got slower cars, you know, kind of merged into, you know, drivers who are on the lead lap, and you know, obviously that could probably potentially cause more, you know, accidents, especially you know on the super speedways, which again, good mm-hmm. for fans to watch. It's great entertainment, but again, it comes you know at a cost, you know, for the driver. So I'm sure that's probably the motivation of them, uh, you know, changing that many years ago. Hmm. And then we finally get into some of the news that's happened in the recent days. Just like I said, four. I've got four pages. It says four pages, three full pages. Um, it's been a full <laughs> news weeks. Oh, it's. I mean, really, it has. Auto Club, right. which has been talked about moving their two-mile oval into a half-mile track, they will not have a race there in 2024 because 2023 will be this. This year will be their final race on a two-mile then they will finally be taken over a year to turn it into the half mile track, which they said will be designed a lot like Martinsville, but the long straightaways, short, tight corners, which I, I'm not the biggest. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I'm curious. I, I really like the way Michigan and auto club, their sister tracks, both two miles, kind of like same, not the same thing. They're very close to each other. I like the way they're racing. Auto Club would need to be repaved. I think it should be repaved and not redone. I think you should take Agreed. Texas and blow that up and turn it into a short track because everybody hates Texas. Um, right. You can talk to all the. You can listen to all the drivers. They all hate Texas. But if you, it, I believe Auto Club should just be repaved because that backstretch is so. Oh, it's not fun, but it's that. Right. It's a good. It it develops good racing. I've not. I, I my opinion. I you look back at all the years of like all the races in the past years, there has been good racing every single year there. I mean, there's some, there's some like finishes that they just constantly talk about, like that it's from auto club. And it's like, man, there goes that. And it's like, then you rely on Michigan as the only like bigger intermediate track because it's, it'll be the only two mile left. So that kind of (laughs) sucks. I mean, other than you found um, Atlanta. <laughs> right. Do you find it um ironic that California is one of the biggest states in our country and yet it's about to have one of the smallest tracks in the entire cup series? And yeah. it used to be, you know, obviously a two mile. So you know, yeah, if they really want to make that change, I guess fine, even though I like you said, I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm more concerned about you know, the future of Michigan 
because obviously it, they're sister tracks, like you said, and it's also owned by the same people. So, well, no, I don't know, think I, it is. I think it's under it's the not. same management, but I, oh, wait, no, no, I forgot. I think Penske, Roger Penske owned it for a while, but I think he might have sold it to, I think he might have. I, I, know, I, know, he, I, know, I know he owned he it for a while. It. Right. I know he definitely did. Um, and I think, um, I know California, our um, auto club, it used to be called California Speedway yeah. back in the day. Um, I know Michigan Speed International Speedway was paved and designed in the 60s, I believe. And then yes. Auto Club was, like 60, was in the 90s. Right. So, you know, again, you know, I just hope that they don't do anything to MIS because, you know, I, 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 I don't. It's one of my favorite tracks in the entire country. I mean, it's our hometown it track. Yeah. Our, right. It just so happens to be in our hometown state, too. So, you know, I kind of feel lucky that we have that. I just don't want them to reconsider MIS because of this also. I don't believe they will because right now it is putting up some of the – it. I feel like it put up pretty good racing this past year, and it's putting up some speeds that fans are really looking for. Like, they didn't really show much of the speeds going on, but some people have been doing the math and, like, times and stuff like that, and they were hitting, like, 205, which you don't really see right. anymore, especially with the horsepower packages these days. 205 is insane on a not-so-draft-heavy track. I mean, it is open. I know the record there is, like, it's somewhere in the I mean Indy with Indy cards like two thirties or whatever, but like NASCAR, I think two ten is like the closest they've ever gone there. And I I know there's some qualifying right. ones that are really fast there, but like I just I think there's too much good going on there. I don't think they'll I don't think they'll touch it. That's I think Auto Club that was not. their decision, but I think Michigan they will say now is the only two mile track. It is unique. Let's keep it. I'd be a that, fan. That's my opinion. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And I also think it deserves its first race back. I loved it. It's had two races for as long as I can remember going back early 2000s. It deserves to have mm-hmm. the second. In my opinion, it deserves to have the other one back. Especially now that oh, it's super boring. And they, have, <laughs> they have like two races, I think. No, and see, and that's the thing. You know, me and my family... Um, my first NASCAR race was MIS back in, uh, it was in June 2004 race. And um, Ryan Newman actually won that. Um, but we always alternated depending on the year, whether we went to the June race or the August race. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were kind of able to get the best of both worlds. So um, the even number of years we went to the June race and the odd number of years we went to the August race. And I think um, mm. we actually did that up until uh like 2010 or 2011 or something like that. And then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously times change and all that, but I'm glad I was able to experience both when they still had both. Yeah. It was second last year. I saw both of them. That was the year I went to the 500. This is 2019. I went to 500 firekeepers casino 400. And then I went to the, uh, consumers energy 400. And, Mm -hmm. Talking about Michigan, it leads me right into our next thing, which is the Michigan man himself, Kevin Harvick. Yep. I've seen him win three times there. Uh, Kevin Harvick, obviously, we've heard him retiring, which is big news. The four hour. Right. He will be joining the Fox booth next year, which I am, I've, I'm very happy about. It's nice to have not the rotating 
as someone who doesn't go to many races and watches a lot of them on TV, it's nice to next year we want to have the rotating guests. I mean, sometimes I like the guests, but I also like having like a dead set. I liked having three people every week. Like you go back to right. 2019, it was uh, Jeff Gordon, DW, and Mike yep. Joy. And I, honestly, that was my favorite in the past couple of years. No, I agree. I agree. See, and there's two things that kind of stick out to me um, with Harvick's announcement with uh, Fox because one, returning the same year as Tom Brady, and well, at the well, it's time, kind of funny that they're both getting was, deals for Fox. Right, too. they're both getting deals from Fox. So, yeah. uh, coincidence? Uh, up to people to decide, right? Well, Fox is doing um, really good. I mean, they've got the right, flash, they the Super Bowl, been. and the 500 all this year. Right, so obviously they're doing something right. But also, um, it makes you think that maybe this might be um, Fox's opportunity to get some kind of you know, younger, uh, fresh energy into that broadcast because right. you know Mike Joy's been doing, you know, been covering NASCAR forever. I love right. Mike Joy though. I, right. I love, and he, I, yeah, I relate to him a lot when he pulls out those random right. facts out of nowhere. It's like last, I you can exactly hear, you can hear Clint Boyer always make fun of him for it, and I, I love is, it. But... He is the definition of the NASCAR encyclopedia. This guy yeah. knows <laughs> everything. Yes. Yo, know, and Larry McReynolds, too. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Dale Earnhardt's crew chief. Um, yeah. And think about that. You know, Larry McReynolds is obviously with Fox also. Kevin Harvick was the immediate immediate uh, replacement for Dale Earnhardt, yeah. you know, driving, you know, the Goodwrench Chevrolet uh, after his yeah. death. And Harvick's joining Fox, too. So, again, you know, we're starting to see, you know, a couple patterns here, but mm-hmm. maybe, you know, Harvick's entrance into broadcasting might, you know, I don't want to say promote because that's not the right word. Um, it might probably think Mike Joy, like, mm, maybe I'm wondering if maybe this should be my last season or next year should be my last season. I'm sure Mary Mc- Larry McReynolds is kind of thinking the same thing too. Um, you know, because there comes a time where, mm. You know, as much as you love what you do, um, you know, there's a time where you're like, okay, maybe I should hang it up. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, probably sooner and later, we're probably going to see that with Mike and Larry, because I thought DW was going to do it forever. You know, so when he announced his retirement, you know, that kind of shocked me. To this day, right. And to this day, I still kind of miss boogity, 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 boogity. Right. And, Yo, you tell that to any NASCAR fan, it instantly cheers them up. But if you say that to any other person on the street, they're going to look at you like, who's this guy <laughs> talking about? Like, you're an yeah. idiot. You know, but NASCAR fans, that's that's like the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's a quote from the Bible. Boogity, 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 mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, obviously Mike and Larry have their own, you know, quotes and quirks with that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just begs the question how much longer they'll be with Fox when... Yeah. Um, when Harvick comes. And someone who could join, which I don't think he will, but it's always an option, is Jimmy Johnson. And he's obviously been... This is the next point of news that um, I, he could always do it, but who knows. But right now, he's going to stick to driving, which he uh, he announced earlier that he was going to drive the 500 with Carvana in the number 84. And then he announced during the broadcast he will be driving in the Chicago Street Race. And he said, like, I mean, he's something like 
10 other races or something. I like eight something races he wants to do, which is, I love saying, I want him one more win. Just one more. One yeah, of those and, Dover, Texas, right. go to one of those two and just win one and say, all right, I'm good. Right. See, and I, I kind of knew that when um, Jimmy first announced his retirement. I'm like, you know what? I don't think that's the end for him. We're going to yeah. see him. I mean, he went to IndyCar. Somewhere. Right. He went to IndyCar, right? Um, he retired from NASCAR. But, you know, at the time, I'm like, you know what? I don't see him just fully um, disconnecting himself from NASCAR. I knew he was going to be involved in something. Yo, know, oh, yeah. and it wasn't going to be immediate, but it was going to be like a slow, like gradual thing. And then obviously with his announcement, you know, that he's going to drive like in the Chicago club. street yeah. race. Right. You know, and a couple other races this year. I'm like, you know what? Yep. That's I. I'm, I'm I think he picks Michigan and I can go see him or Charlotte because. Right. I, I think one Charlotte could only train. Right. Yeah. I think Charlotte would probably be the better choice because I'm pretty sure he lives in that area. No, yeah. um, well, who, what NASCAR driver doesn't? <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, that one lake, whatever it's called. Right. But I'm very curious to see just his driving style and, you know, performance compared to other drivers, even though he's been out of the NASCAR circuit for mm-hmm. a couple of years now. It, it'll be very curious to see. He'll definitely have yeah. that. That's for sure. And then maybe for... I might, maybe oh, I might pick him for, uh, you know, one of these races yeah. soon. And two of the people or two of the other guys will be fighting for a spot in the 500 for one of them being Connor Daly, a IndyCar driver. He will be driving for the money team owned by Floyd Mayweather in the number 50, yes, number 50 in the 500 sponsored by BitNile. And he said they said the money team will do seven other races this year, which is kind of nice to see them trying to get involved a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um. Not too much about that. That's kind of cool seeing more IndyCar or more drivers from other sports coming in, which is really cool. Exactly. And that's just kind of growing your, um, or just kind of growing the sport, right? Yeah. Some people don't think NASCAR is a sport. I definitely think it is a sport. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, just Big watching. Right. So, like, obviously, Jimmy Johnson moving to Indy, um, IndyCar a couple of years ago, you know, Cotter Daly now kind of, mm-hmm. you know, exploring the NASCAR side of it. Um, you know, there's no disadvantage. It's just pure advantage, right? It's, it's just definitely growing. I think they're having fun at this point. I just just like, right. oh, let's, let's, you've got an open car. All right, let's try and make it in the 500. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, auto racing has not, you know, the objective of auto racing has never changed since its inception, mm-hmm. right? You're always trying to win, right? You're just trying to have the fastest car among, you know, all your competitors. So, you know, that part hasn't changed. So the more um, drivers, you know, moving around, you know, series like that, you know, it definitely gets, you know, viewers tuning into not just those particular broadcasts, but just paying attention to the sport more. Yeah. And that's what makes it grow. You'll get those indie car drivers be like, oh, I know him. Let me watch the 500. Oh, this is interesting. Let me keep watching. And that's where we'll get more viewership, which is, I think, what NASCAR is kind of aiming for right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So definitely a great move by Connor, and I'm very curious to see uh, see how he performs. I think I'm saying that right too because it's C O N O R. It's like Connor. Definitely an interesting spelling. <laughs> yeah, that weird. Uh, definitely weird spelling. Um, 
another spot opening for the 500 or open car going for the i believe it's an open car is zane smith in the 36 for front row motorsports uh they've run the 36 with other drivers in the past and then he will take over todd gillen's spot in the 38 for some parts of the season and they've already announced a coke 600 first phoenix race first dega race sonoma texas in the roval which i think is very interesting i don't know if they don't trust todd killen and that also gets rid of todd gillen's waiver for the playoffs so he's not if he wins he's not allowed in the playoffs right right Which, i mean yeah, it's, a, it's front row we've only seen him win once in the past six years seven years but like it's i i just it's like you go one year and you don't trust him that much and i mean i get you're trying to give zane smith an opportunity but like it's just in even i think um What's his name? I, I just said it. Um, Todd Gillen, he's like, I, you know, kind of disheartened to hear, hear this news, but it's, I I just think it's, it's, I would be disheartened too if I got the news that somebody's taking over my car for me and getting rid of my playoff chances. Right. I mean, you know, that does not definitely help the dream, right? Yeah. You know, it definitely won't uh, help you sleep at night. It'll definitely keep you awake. You know, because, you know, obviously these, you know, cup drivers, you know, that's their career, mm-hmm. right? You know, and obviously you have some, you know, champions, you know, who, you know, can easily make a living off it, no problem. But yeah. you also have your fair share of drivers who are literally their way up. putting in their hearts in yeah. week after week just to earn a paycheck, right, and support their family. So when your team owner says, hey, somebody else is going to be driving for you, for, you know, at these, you know, X amount of races, you know, it definitely doesn't help your case at all. Ew. You know, so, yeah, I, I, I feel bad feel for him, but I'm also him. like, oh, Zane Smith, that's a good chance. But it's like, oh, I just feel bad for Todd because it's like that sucks. I mean, luckily, he, he's running the 500, which is still awesome because, I mean, it's the 500. But like, it, right. I mean, the other races aren't as important other than maybe than the 600. But it, yeah. That, like I said, that's just, it's got a, he definitely in his Twitter post sounded a little like, wow. I like, even he's having surprised by it. Right. You could tell that he was shocked and he wasn't mm-hmm. absorbing that news pretty well. Yeah. And finally, we move into what this episode is supposed to be about the clash. <laughs> yes. Now, so, now the real meat and potatoes of the. I podcast. have pre thoughts of the clash and I have afterthoughts. So. I'm just going to kind of go through the pre-thoughts real quick. Uh, I like Tony Stewart in the booth. He's going to be in it for, he was in it for the clash. He's going to be in it for the 500. I really like his ownership side of it. And I like, I just like his personality. I mean, smoke who doesn't, I mean, a lot of people don't like him, but I I love his personality in the booth and it's fun to hear him with Clint Boyer's old driver's old uh, teammate Mm -hmm. and driver. And and I, I just like him in the booth. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree to that. And one thing that I picked up on, and this kind of um, maybe reminisce a little bit. Um, so my day job, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have another teacher in the school that I teach at. Um, and I actually coach golf with him, uh, high school golf. And um, he said that he went to a wedding um, a couple years ago. Oh, I think and Cody Stewart was yeah, at that wedding. Yeah. So, um you know, he was able to, you know, and he wasn't a NASCAR fan, but he knew who he was. Um, 
you know, and he had, you know, easily like a 15, 20 minute conversation, just <laughs> one-on-one with Tony Stewart at this wedding. And, you know, and he told me that um, his personality, like one-on-one is pretty much the same that you saw in that broadcast booth. Oh yeah. Uh, last weekend. So, you know, yeah, Tony Stewart, very um, curious, you know, race car driver. But as a person, I do respect him a lot. And I think uh, we all kind of saw that, you know, in the booth. We saw a mm-hmm. different side of him that you did not see in, like, the early to mid-2000s when he was in his prime. Uh, so I definitely am looking forward to more broadcasts with him. Yeah. Um, and talking about Tony in the booth uh fox they had a better presentation i like their presentation of the clash this year but the commercials there was still bad there was like some of these like heats it was like all right it's 15 minute race but uh let's put a commercial right in the middle of it that's gonna be three minutes long it's it they fox has been really bad on it this past couple of years and they've got to fix it i mean they've really got to fix it yeah and especially i don't know how that they're um, having i don't know how much Bowl. I was gonna say, how much did you you watch most of the clash, didn't you? Yeah, I yeah, I was able okay. to um, watch pretty much the entire second half. I was uh, out to like there with my the family. Heat, for the first did you watch half. the heats at all, or like I or did not? Did watch? Um, okay. Well, I watched it as in uh, looking at the leaderboard on <laughs> my phone and yeah. um, kind of ignoring my family at dinner, which is probably that something that I shouldn't have done. Oh, I've um, done that before. Yeah, me. <laughs> Bristol 2020. I was I was at the we're sitting around the dinner table and I watched Brad win the uh, Bristol race by uh what's it called Chase and Joey hitting each other. I remember freaking out. Oh my god, Brad just won, Brad just won. And they're like, What's going on? I'm like, I'm watching the race. Like reading. Yeah, dinner. and then you got people uh right in the tables next to you, you're like, What is this guy <laughs> talking about? You know, so yeah, so I wasn't able to watch um, any of the heats, unfortunately. I mean, I kind of paid attention to the leaderboard, you know, every like yeah, well, well, 10, 15 minutes. Right. But, yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, I was able to catch that second half of the clash. And I know mm-hmm. we might be jumping ahead a little bit, but um, that second half was definitely interesting with the number yeah. of caution flags. But I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, later on. Yeah. In a couple minutes. Uh, I like the idea of the clash being at night compared to the last year. Uh, it being in the day, I like the night better. That was pretty. Um, I I just I, night races are cool to me, so I I, I like the idea of that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wish that it was like on Saturday night, besides the Sunday night. Yeah, you know, like because that race did not end until it was closer to eleven o'clock on the East oh, yeah. Coast, and you know, me being a teacher, I got to wake up at like five fifteen, five thirty in the morning. I've got classes right. at eleven o'clock. Well, that's a later class, but it's. Don't you love college though? Um, um, you pick the late classes, but obviously that can't apply to me. So I'm yeah. like, uh, yeah, uh, let's just stop with all these caution flags because I kind of got to get up early in the morning. And, <laughs> you know, and the thing is, you know, with the class, you know, they all count those, you know, caution oh, flag no. laps. Yeah. So it's like you're stuck for easily like five to ten minutes per caution, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it adds up. So, you know, yeah, I love the idea of that night race. Again, a Saturday night would have worked better for my personal schedule. But, yeah. you know, again, you know, they don't I pay think... attention to teachers and go, oh, yeah, right. Let's... right. 
That's for and, teachers. <laughs> right. And I'm yeah, sure they probably would, weren't yeah. expecting that amount of cautions also, Dude. you know. But um if we go through the day, or if we start out Saturday, Truex was the fastest of practice. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um yep. Ironic, really practice right? practice wasn't um that interesting. There was a little there's a little a lot of bumping in practice, which I think it being less of a parts worry this year. They're a lot more lenient about using their bumpers because yep. in the heats, there's a lot of bumping. And I don't know if you saw the little highlight of Kev. I watched it live of Kevin Harvick knocking. I think it was it Elliot. No, it wasn't Elliot. Who was it? I Maybe it was Elliot out of the way. And I, I love watching that. Kevin Harvick is like, nope, this is this is my year. I'm going to knock you out of the way to get in in my final year. Yep, I, I exactly. Exactly. Um, and then we go to the heats, uh, heat winners. I'm not gonna go in top ten, I'm just gonna go to the winners. Heat one winner was uh Eric Amarola, which is nice to see him do better. Heat winner two, Trex Jr. Heat winner three was Hamlin. Heat winner four was William Byron, and then the people who didn't qualify for that made it to the land last chance qualifiers, which McDowell and Elliot ended up being the ones. Who won those? Um, one thing we'll get to later is both of the RFK cars didn't mm-hmm. make it in, which I, me being a Brad fan, it kind of sucked. But uh, get to that later. Uh, my pick was Ty Gibbs, and because he looked really good in his heat. I mean, he looked fast. Right. He put up some fast practices, qualifying. He didn't get to do, but I, he, he yeah. was putting up some fast times. Yeah, and I was actually quite surprised that you picked that, actually. Because when I asked you um, who your pick was going to be, you know, and you said Gibbs, I'm like, oh, that's kind of from left field a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. I know um, he did look really good in his heat from from what I read. But uh, I'm like, wow, I I was totally not expecting that. Yeah. So I definitely was Logano, right? It was Logano. And the only reason why I said Logano is just because he won it last year. You know, Mm -hmm. obviously having to clash at the Coliseum, it's still very new. uh, Right. So there's only one person who knows oh, to get it done there. And that has to be Logano. So I'm like, why would I not? pick him you know Actually, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't finish in the top 10 like really no i'm yet. very surprised at that too i'm kind of disappointed with his uh <laughs> performance obviously me and you just yeah. picked just fantastic picks oh yeah yeah you know, <laughs> mine was outside the top 10 and yours ended up wrecking yeah. um so you know we are off to a hot start in 2023 and <laughs> yeah. our uh, Look, race like, winner likely wasn't a points one this um, is this is true then we get to the actual clash. Amarola started really strong, which I was good to see SHR cars finally doing good again. But then he got knocked to the back pretty fast uh, by Denny, and Denny leads for a while. Then he gets bumped out of the way by Bubba, and Bubba led for another a decent while. And then we've got to the break, our halftime, which is still kind of weird to me, but... We had Wiz, yeah, Khalifa, Wiz Khalifa performing at halftime. And, um... But have you noticed, and this kind of goes back to the Fox uh, broadcast also. Um, they didn't show a whole. They didn't show much of Wiz Khalifa at all. They mainly showed fans that were like mm-hmm. really getting into this. And 
you know, this is in no offense to Wiz Khalifa. I think he's a great artist, but there are some really passionate people who love Wiz Khalifa for a reason that I don't think I fully understand. I, um, but yeah, I know, you saw I know. people like getting, you know, like literally dancing out of their shoes in the stands. And I'm like, Probably drunk. okay, <laughs> right. Probably no, drunk. Probably but drunk. Also, <laughs> right. But also, again, Sunday night. What are you doing on Monday? Don't you have to work? <laughs> you yeah. know, oh, so, it's whatever. They're having fun at the race, right? Either that, or I'm sure they probably ended up taking like a sick day or a personal day, or you know, whatever. But yeah, I there was a whole lot of people very into that performance, just, and you know, and I just you it's know, a weird half. It's fun. weird idea of having a halftime show. It, it is a weird is, right in a NASCAR race. Exactly. Exactly. I, you I know, mean, I get doing in the class, see, but well, yeah, right. Super cool. Right, but yeah, it's still you know not something that mm-hmm. you know I fully buy yet, but I think it has potential if you choose like the right artist or the right band. I think and, having a yeah. band would probably be better than just having an mm-hmm. artist. Oh, you yeah. know, where are you gonna you know fit those people? Because obviously, Wiz just performed um you know right in the stands you know yeah on some steps, but um. Yo, I think if they actually get a band for next year, I think that would probably just take that halftime mm-hmm. show to a whole new level. Even if it if if it is at the um cla- or at the Coliseum next year, because it is not confirmed where at least that that I know of, it's not confirmed where it is next year. Yeah, exactly. See, and that's the thing. I I'm not fully sold on the Coliseum as a venue either. Yeah, you know, well, because well, I've I've always loved it for you know when I was at Daytona. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody loves Daytona. There's nobody who thinks Daytona is a bad track. You know, everybody loves the place. Let's just have it at Daytona. You know, in the past, yeah. it was, you know, a 70-lap shootout. Yeah, you had your rules here and there, but, you know, it was a winner-take-all. You yeah. know, no point. So everybody... As a bud shootout, as they used banging. to call it. Right, it was, a bud, it was the bud shootout. So... I never had know, a halftime there either. <laughs> that That is true, actually. But that was like one of the races that I really look forward to mm-hmm. that in the all-star race, just because there's no points on the line. Everybody's just going for broke. And obviously well, that makes some, the class, some yeah. great rating, right? Some great racing. And, you know, yeah, we kind of saw that a little bit um, this past week with the clash, but obviously Daytona and, you know, the Coliseum. They're using their bumpers a lot more during at the Coliseum. <laughs> right. Right. There are two different, tracks and two yeah. different styles of racing and stuff. So, you know, me personally I wish they could bring it back to Daytona, but mm-hmm. I have a gut feeling that they'll be uh at LA for at least the yeah. next year or two. Um then we go out of halftime and out of nowhere, Ryan Priest, whoa, what, what's going on yes. in the 41 SHR like he ran up front, and it's Tony Stewart's in the the booth talking really good about it. And I'm like, oh my god! Right, like, you're like, where what the is going on? I come from, right? And then I put in my notes here. I'm like, well, is this preview to like good it, future short at the short tracks this year? Because is he a threat? Like, is is he a threat at these short tracks this year? Because you, so they talk about all of his modified wins and his championships and modified and. It's he's in a good car now. It can't. It, will he? Is he a threat in the short tracks in this in this future? Like, is he the underdog that people won't realize? They, they might pick Truex Jr. because he's 
won at so many short tracks the past couple of years, but it's it's you know right. is, is he the underdog short track guy this year that'll shoot him into the playoffs? Right, and honestly, Nate, I would not uh, rule that out. You know, just, I think he's in a good uh, equipment. Will, right, he will be a contender for sure. You know, he'll definitely be uh, on my watch list. That's for sure, especially when we get to Bristol, Martinsville, mm-hmm. uh, even Richmond. You know, he, I will definitely be considering him for at least a Cup Series win. Uh, oh, yeah. Or at least a top five out of short track, based of what I've seen I, uh, him in LA. I definitely think he will has a good chance of getting at a minimum one win this year, probably most yeah. likely at a short track. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But Ryan Priest did not win it. He got bumped out of the way by the man who looked the fastest in practice, Martin Truex Jr. and Martin Truex Jr. Won the race, which ugh, Toyotas. I I don't like Toyotas. <laughs> but I, I'm a, I I would rather afford a Chevy win, but so I, I mean, Martrix Junior. I get he's got a lot of like you know personal right. stuff going on, so it is a good win, emotional win for him. And yep, but, definitely. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I, I'm definitely glad for uh, Truex. But on your uh, point on Toyotas. I've never liked them in the Cup Series, and I remember clear as day it was. Two thousand seven, right? Day... Yeah, two thousand seven. So I, I think say... they came in. If right. I remember so, correctly, yeah, I believe it was oh seven. So in the two thousand six Daytona five hundred, when they made that announcement, um, there was also um, it's kind of it, it's kind of like um, like comparing it to like the NFL, like, um, like college game day. Um, it was very similar to that. It was on, um, speed channel. They don't have speed anymore. I think we wish with like Fox sports, right. One good wish. Right. Yeah. Um, so they did what's called a NASCAR race day. And it was pretty much like a talk show, uh, right before a NASCAR race. And that was when they actually made that first announcement that Toyota was going to be in the cup series starting next Mm -hmm. year. And all the fans that were behind that set started booing. It's I will just... never forget that as long as I live. So, you know, of course I hear boos. So I'm paying attention. I'm like, why is everybody booing? And then sure enough, you know, they're talking about Toyotas. I'm like, well, kind of don't blame them. But because you, know, you had you had Pontiac and Dodge who have been in the, you know, these are also two other American based uh De- like uh, not right. Uh, what I can think like, uh, like companies, like, oh, yeah, yeah, companies, right. And it's you know because that, that's kind of what everybody thinks is you know it's America sport. We should have America cars in it. And I mean, I I like right. what Toyota's done. I mean, I like they're they're the only ones actually doing commercials with NASCAR. That's the one thing I do like. This about is true. Them. This is um, true. I don't disagree. But, but still, I just I've I've always been like I'm always a Ford guy. I mean I drive a Ford. <laughs> I'm, I'm I I like the Fords. I like how they look. It's it's just Toyotas. They're just kind of like ew. Yeah, I agree. Toyota does not have the best uh, and they're, cosmetics they're, in the looks department. They they are like the minority by like double the amount. Like I think. I think Ford is the second most like Chevy's got the most and it goes Ford and then Toyota's and um, 
Toyota's numbers, they're going up with like 2311 and all that, but like it's still it's so much less than the other two. Yeah, I I don't think they would ever catch up. And, I mean, here we are, uh, 2023. So this is what 14, 15 years yeah. uh since you know they first started with the Cup Series, and they're still you know not even close. You know, yeah. to, uh, like Ford, for example. And you now know. there's um even talks of a new deal, no new uh company coming in, and a lot of been rumors have been dodged, but there's also been Honda, Tesla, all those have been thrown out, like. So right. what, what if a so, new one comes in, because for them it is an interest. It's what 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 does Toyota do? Now they've got even more competition, like they're less. Where I mean it's probably be Chevy and Ford teams more jumping to the new one, but like mm-hmm. right, exactly. So that will obviously remain to be seen. But um yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I'm definitely a Ford guy as well. But getting away from that topic a little bit, we go with the top 10. Obviously, Truex was number one. Then we had RCR cars, two and three, Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch, which, I mean, not surprising, but also a little surprising. Uh, Fourth, Bowman, five, Larson, top five. Uh, Sixth, Reddick, seventh, Priest. That's where he ended up following after leading for a while. Eighth, Chastain. Ninth Hamlin and tenth Byron, and they did the medal ceremony at the end. Obviously, Mark Truex Jr. getting the gold, Austin Dillon silver, and Kyle Busch bronze. Which it's good future for RCR right there. It's it's looking good this year already. Right. See, and if I'm being honest with you, I'm really not surprised at that top ten. Like I think everybody who finished in that top ten kind of deserved to be in that top ten. They all were fast. uh, Right, they all were fast. Mark Trisha right? was a lot faster than the rest of them, but that and you know, yeah, there were a lot of bumping and banging, but you know, they pretty much stayed out of trouble, also. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so you know, I would think that you know, and I'm sure you'll agree with this. They are definitely deserving of those top ten spots. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and going with the RCR, it is very weird to see Kyle Busch in the eight. It's that like took first, some time to adjust. First, first, it's their first race with the new teams. It it just looks really weird. It and yeah. then seeing Reddick, they talk about Reddick in the forty five. I look at the forty five and go, "Hey, that's Kurt." Oh wait, no, it's not. Like yep. I, I just it's like implemented in my head that Kurt drives the forty five, but no, no, it's Reddick, and that's weird to me. But I, I, I do like the new team pairings. Kyle Busch does look really good with Austin Dillon and Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick do look really good together. So. So far, it looks like they'll both have good seasons and where they are. Right. I definitely think uh, there's a lot of promise for those mm. two drivers, for sure. And this is all basically afterthoughts. And, oh, my God, lots and lots of spins would not stop. 16 cautions. 16. One, six. That is... Yeah. I don't even know the last race that had that many. The last race I can think of in my head was my first ever Michigan race, 2017 Pure Michigan 400. That had like, I think that had 14 or 15 cautions. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, it, that's just like, and, and the fact that like the yellow, the, it, it went straight to a red flag, but they didn't stop the cars. They just stopped the laps counting. Right. 16. Like, yeah. oh my God. Well, it's like an I extra think, hour of cautions. <laughs> right. 
I mean, one thing's for sure, that flag man definitely earned his paycheck. No, oh, jeez, yeah. Yo, totally Sitting on that that opposite. list on the inside. <laughs> right, totally um the opposite of Richmond in 2020, one of the first races post yeah, um, I remember that, yeah. Yo, COVID outbreak wasn't a single caution for the entire race. You know, mm. so definitely quite the contrast there, but yeah, it was I, I think yeah, everybody was right, man. One of my favorite clips from that all day is Christopher Bell going, this is fun. We're having fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where was great. I just wanted I wanted to like save that video and just post it everywhere. I love that. You know, that that would make a great NASCAR meme also. And I'm because sure somebody's probably already on that. I'm I'm assuming that's why there was that many cautions. They kind of were having fun, but I mean it is Kyle Bush did seem right. a little bad at sometimes what Logano was doing to his bumper, but like it, it was a it this it's for the show. I but I think they gotta change up the rules if they're gonna do it kind of the same. I think they should be counted because 16 cautions is a whole butt ton. I do not think they should <laughs> like I think they should count them for uh laps next year. Right. I would say probably because what was that 150 laps? Was it? Yes, it was 150 laps. Right. So maybe probably extend it to maybe 200, but count the laps for the caution flags. So that way it kind of levels out at the end. Um, and obviously it doesn't take uh, eternity to finish that race either. Mm-hmm. Um, the inside lane where most of the bump and runs were happening and spins was the best lane for sure. I think Priest was the only one who made the outside work, uh, which is kind of boring in my opinion. I feel like they should, I mean, it's a short, the way they built it, it was the only, the inside lane was the only lane, but. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that probably comes uh, from, you know, the lack of, mm-hmm. you know, banking also. You know, there's yeah. no way you could run. Oh, no. But like I said, Priest was the well. only one somehow to figure out to pass on the outside, which is awesome. I, which that, that finally made it actually interesting. It's like, oh my God, someone's making the exactly. outside. Exactly. Right. There was some sort of action, right? Somebody was passing from the outside. You know, and obviously, you know, we did not see that for, uh, you know, a lot of this race. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, if, you know, they want to make, you know, that outside lane work a little bit they would need to add some banking but again i don't know how you can possibly do that inside yeah. a coliseum uh, um, temporary. especially right especially since it's just a temporary you know track where they mm. pave it and then i'm sure the deep construction is probably happening right now as we're oh, they, they started it like they started taking away pray started taking off the wall like um, that night like after yeah, I believe left, that. It was, they, they just started taking on like the inside pit walls and stuff like that Zero hesitation because I'm sure they're probably paying for the facility probably by the oh, day. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, save some money. So much. Um, the only people we didn't see pass on the inside lane was RFK. So Brad Keselowski and uh, Chris Busher, which was disappointing. Again, I mean, I think Chris Busher made it into the clash last year, but Brad not making it in either of the years is very hard to see. He struggled. He he strugg- he's been struggling um as a whole because he hasn't won anything last year, right? It was like yeah, it was he broke a streak of he, he was having a pretty long streak of wins in a row and at least one win in a row and it was right it, not points and, paying. If it was non points, it would still be going, but if point because he won the um one of the what's it called? Qualifying 
Um, yeah. Thingies last year at Daytona, um, which was nice. And he actually won, but him and Chris Buescher won. But it's, it's it's hard to see him struggle. I mean, I remember Raj Fenway used to be a powerhouse, and now it, I know he's trying to bring him back, but it, it's hard to see him struggle. And I really hope this season that they do not struggle again. I mean, we yeah, did see Chris Buescher win. I mean, we did see him win at Bristol near the end of the year, which was nice to this see. I was true. very happy. Yep, definitely. But, you know, and this happens with all great athletes. You know, you're mm-hmm. not going to be on your game 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. The part that sucks being a professional athlete, though, is when you're not 100%, you know, which is obviously, you know, human. We're all humans. We're not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But when professionals are not 100% on their game, they're going to be asked why, you know, and they, you know, and people hold them accountable for that. So, Especially yeah, even though went from going in the championship four with Penske and then boom, doesn't even win. Right. You know, so it definitely, you know, begs some questions. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, this he is also, just a you know, rough, you know, moment. You know, he's a good driver. You know, he's, he's going to be back. owning the team, too. He's got a part ownership. So that exactly I mean, that, that's another mental thing that plays into it. Right. And I'm sure. Right. Like you said, that's definitely a mental thing, too. You know, and that could definitely be affecting, you know, his performance on the track also because, you know, he's half driver, half owner now. So, yeah. uh, you know, so, you know, he'll, he'll definitely make a comeback. I think um, he might be good for maybe a win or two. It's not going to be like a night and day difference. I think it'll um, be more super speedways he'll have a chance because obviously, I mean, especially Dega. Yeah. You look at his, his stats at Dega. He's tied with the Earnhardts for wins. I mean. Right. So I would say Dega is definitely a good possibility for him to kind of get back on that um, hot streak again. And again, here's, it's not a matter of if, I think it's a matter of when for yeah. him. I know he'll be back um, once he gets, you know, get used to, you know, being a car, you know, a team owner, um, mm-hmm. things like that. But, you know, you're just waiting for that one, uh, you know, opportunity to, you know, get back into it. And I think uh, Talladega is definitely the track for him to uh, make that return. It's probably his best chance. He's got a lot of good chances at other tracks, but I definitely think Dega is his strongest. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Or Michigan. Michigan, he's always been good at. It'd be nice yep. to see him win at his home track. And you know what? That would be the second best, uh, you know, mm-hmm. jump start to that. Oh, yeah. I'd be amazing. I'd love to see that in person. Indeed. Um, I don't remember. Did you watch? You watched the class last year, right? I did. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember. There was so many problems last year. Like, so there was a new car. Everything kept breaking. But this year, there was so much bumping and running, and there was not as many problems last year, which I was kind of glad. Yeah, to see. definitely a diff, definitely a difference. That's which I know sure. there's some I, changes made off season from NASCAR, but it's it's nice right. to see uh, less breaking of the cars. Yeah, definitely some improvements being made there. So I yeah, there was a big thing of like so many things were breaking during the clash, and it's like, what's this going to do with the rest of the year? Like, how's this going to hold up? Yeah, exactly. So I'm, you know, obviously the R&D folks at NASCAR, you know, are definitely doing their jobs over there. And obviously their the results speak for themselves there. Yeah. Um, And something else with compared to the clash of last year was the attendance looked very down. And not only was the attendance down, 
the viewership on I, I saw the viewerships from Adam Stern today and they were uh, down like it was like 0.5 million 0.7 million or something like that and it was just, just that's doesn't look good and then you look at the attendance there it just looked so much it looked so down compared to last year where last year it looked like the whole Coliseum was full right see and I think um you know, since it was a Sunday night, I think that has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, Especially as a working it, um, city. Right. Exactly. But, you know, was it on a Sunday afternoon last year? I can't remember. Yeah, it was during it was more in the afternoon last year. It, it was right. like, finished in the night. Like it finished right before night, I believe. Right. So, you know, you have, you know, the difference in time there, which I think is mm-hmm. probably the biggest factor there. But also, um you know, I would not be surprised if uh, you surveyed people who um, attended that clash last year in person and didn't this year. I would not be surprised if a few of them said, well, it's really not that exciting of a race give, given the, you know, track. Yeah. You know, and, you know, obviously there's nothing special to that track, right? Well, um, yeah. Other no than the location and the stadium. Right, other itself. than the location and the stadium. Right, those are definitely the selling points. But if you're just looking at the track itself, you know, it's not much different than like a Martinsville. It's just, right? it's a shorter version of New Hampshire. It's just flat. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, you know, I think, you know, people have probably said, well, do I really need to pay or do I really want to pay, you know, for a ticket for me and my wife or, you know, me and my kids to, you know, go out and, you know, have a day. But also, you have inflation also, because, you know, there's no surprise that, you know, inflation is, you know, really high right now. You know, there could just be people who, you know, are more conscious of their spending. That is true. I I I really don't need that. I don't remember if it's true or not, but I think I remember seeing prices were just a tiny bit up for it. Maybe. I don't remember. I right. don't know if that's and, true or not, but that could, yeah, that that's another thing that right. could play. Right, so you in. could have the increasing price, but also just people more aware of, you know, spending habits and just being more yeah. conscientious about that. You know, yeah, I can watch it on TV for free, or I'm going to pay for a ticket to see it in person. You know, mm-hmm. and given that there's a lot of uncertainty right now, hopefully it gets better, but, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we can't predict the future. You know, I think... That that probably played a part in it too. And then our final topic, other than the LA, LA Coliseum, it, it there it, I is there a new location it should be? It, I mean, should it go back to Daytona or is there somewhere other? Should North should North Wilkesboro get it instead? Should that be where it's moved? I mean, that's kind of an idea of I I've thought of is. I think it could be moved there. I mean, I know North Wilkesboro should be, I know it's been redone and they want to put a race there, but maybe the clash goes there instead. And it's, you know, such a big event. I, I it's, but it, maybe it's like, I don't know. You could go back to Daytona, but then Daytona, you have all these drivers complaining about how they're crashing their cars and you have to go to your backup already. And you haven't even qualified. Like it's. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think NASCAR is kind of limited as to where you can host this because pretty much, you know, from, you know, the Midwest United States were, you know, still covered in snow. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's your West, West and are, South. 
Right. So your options are West or South, like you said. So, you know, obviously Daytona's on that list. Talladega's on that list. Um, Atlanta is on that list. Uh, Texas, Phoenix, you know, I'm just thinking of all these Southern states in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so you probably can't go North of Charlotte. Um, Probably not. So again, that kind of limits your options, but you know, again, if, viewership is a problem or attendance is a problem, you know, you know, you're going to get the attendance if you bring it back to Daytona, right? Everybody loves a Daytona race. And I'm not just talking about, you know, in-person attendance, you know, I'm talking viewership as well, you know, with Fox, you know, because everybody loves a Daytona race, whether it means, you know, a lot like the Daytona 500, or if it's just, uh, you know, all for one, one for all, Mm -hmm you know, race like the clash, you know, everybody loves a Daytona race just because the track is, you know, legendary and it's fast, right? It's a super speedway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, I like the, I, I like them experimenting with the idea of having it, you know, in the Coliseum. Again, I know, um, obviously the history there is great. Um, but in terms of stock car racing, I, from a stock car racing standpoint, I think it needs to be brought back to Daytona. I mm-hmm. think that's their biggest chance at uh, you know fixing that attendance. Or problem. maybe now since they took uh, the All Star race away from Charlotte, maybe it goes to Charlotte because that's a less you know, other than Chris Busher's flipping, it's not much of a really crash heavy, um, true track. And then you're right there, you're right next to the all the teams so they don't really have to travel far for the clash and then they don't have to worry about like california and then florida is just two separate places where if you just go charlotte that's right next to them and then they go to florida obviously for daytona and speed weeks right yeah yeah exactly and here you know and i'm just thinking you know like i said for um for a weather standpoint um because i'm curious to see um right it's um I'm looking at was, the weather right now for like Charlotte. Right now it's 50 degrees, you know, and this is, you know, in the evening also. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you can technically have a race in 50 degree weather. That's no problem. You know, and the high today was 65 oh, uh, degrees yeah. over there. So, right. So it's definitely it suitable. Right. It's definitely suitable from a weather standpoint, too. So if that was one of their uh, concerns, then. Mm-hmm. I would have no opposition moving it to Charlotte either. I just don't believe they should go back to the Coliseum. I I just I know it gets celebrities out there because they all live in L.A., but it's just for a racing standpoint, it is not good. But guess what, though? All these celebrities have their own private jets also, so they can oh, fly yeah, anywhere. Know, but be there in record time. They're a little pretentious, so they just want to stay where they are. Yeah, I know, I get that, but you sign a deal with, like it's like we said earlier, with a band next time besides just yeah. a single singer. I'm sure you know they would be more inclined to travel mm-hmm. a little bit more, especially if you offered them a little extra money. Um, yeah, I'm sure they would be able to travel more, would want to travel more, uh, which would then obviously make a better experience. Yeah. All right. So since we're finishing this up, I have to ask one question before the season starts because our next, my next podcast will at least be um, 
until the after the 500 mm-hmm. uh you may i who knows if you're join as my co-host but i want to ask before that do you have an uh way too or an early pick for the championship and 500 pick so oh. you can go 500 pick first and this is not not knowing anything about speed weeks this is two weeks before and then a way too early pick for the championship now i don't remember who i said in the first episode and i probably should i probably should have remembered but i remember saying somebody for the first episode i said something about i think we remember saying logano probably has a chance i said i, th- I think i threw in harvick a little bit because not knowing it was his last season but now i know it's like he's got the chip on his shoulder let's see if he can get that final win but then i also threw in larson a little bit because i'm like he's now used to this car that he could probably win a lot so i think mine was if i remember correctly i was dropping between those three and then for the 500 i mean it, it's got to be a ford and i i i want to pick brad i mean it might not be my pick for the day but i want to see brad win it and that kind of be a pay, and he was really strong at Daytona last year, right? Right. So th- those are at least my picks. But do you have any any idea? I know it's kind of I didn't tell you about this before, but it's kind of on the spot. Um, yeah, I. It's almost like I just want to pull out my phone right now and just uh, go through uh, the roster. Um, off the top of my head, and again, obviously, I have no. Uh, basis or justification for this um for 500 or championship for for 500 um i think it's going to be a toss-up uh it always is (laughs) right it always is um i don't think there's no clear front runner obviously you know it'd be nice for brad to win um we won't know a front runner until weeks right if i had to take a guess um i would have to go with a person who has won um more than one 500 and given that this person was also a heat winner also i would have to say denny hamlin and again that's just because just going through past um yeah just looking at the past obviously you know things are different now they were back then but Mm -hmm. you know Denny has proved that he can get it done at Daytona. So when, when you said you know, he might... 500 winner, I'm like, oh, he's going with Harvick or Johnson. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, again, that's probably going to end up changing um, throughout speed weeks. So don't quote me on that. Oh, don't um, quote me on mine my... Like I said, uh, oh, I, it'd be right. nice to see Brad win and he was strong, but like, I will not, I will not hold you to that. Yeah. Um, so, that would be my very early pick for the 500. Um, but I more so Hamlin, I think it's going to be somebody who we don't expect or somebody who we have not talked about um, oh, yeah. on this podcast. Because so, who knows who gets in the open either because you have exactly. like seven cars going for like four spots, I think it is. Exactly. Like, you know, Michael McDowell for, mm-hmm. you know, winning his 500. Nobody expected that, right? I'm sure if you... I wanted Brad to win that one. He was going right. for the win and Joey blocked him, you know, whatever. Right. I'm sure the odds for McDowell, you know, definite whoever went on mm-hmm. DraftKings and bet him, you know, is probably... Right. <laughs> right. Um, definitely probably a millionaire at this point. So, again, 
you know, I think it'll be somebody who, you know, we least are likely to think would win it. In terms of the championship, I think Larson has a better shot this year than he did last year. Mm-hmm. Now that he has a full year um, under his belt with the new gen car, mm-hmm. I think, you know, he will use that to his advantage and use that experience to his advantage. And, you know, and he ran, you know, pretty well last yeah. year also. You know, obviously not as you know, dominant. Right, not as dominant as 2020. But, um, yeah, because he won that in 2020. He won a championship in 2020, right? 2021. 2020 was uh, That's right. Elliot. It was Elliot. Yes, your favorite driver. Um, yeah. Um, um, yeah, that's right. He won it in 2021. I got um, a flag in my room that says that. 2021 championship. That's right. That's right. I'm, prob- I'm sure you're probably staring at it right now. Oh, yeah, I um, am. <laughs> So, yeah, I think Larson will have a better shot this year at the championship than he did last year. So I'm going to go with Larson. All right. Well, after that, I will have to say thank you for coming on the podcast. And like I said, you might be a co-host if this ends up working out. Because in the summer, once I'm done with school, it would be a lot easier to do it in person. But for now, it will be over. And unless I have any guests from up here at Central – uh come on i'll have them but other than that i thank you for coming on yeah thank you very much for having yes, me it's, we have, uh, it's this, uh, this honored to be here episode went a little bit longer than i expected it to it's we're at almost an hour 20 above um but, but it was a great episode it's fine. We yes, got, we, there was we three weeks of stuff three weeks of stuff to go over and i finally got through it because i've been jotting all these screenshotting everything and jotting them down for a couple of weeks and it's all right i gotta talk about all of this yeah, hopefully there's right. less stuff in the last in the next two weeks yeah exactly well, like i said thank you for coming on and hopefully this attracts more listeners actually having somebody else on the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a great honor to be here so thank you for allowing <laughs> me to uh take a part of this uh new experience with you and if anybody's listening follow me on twitter it is four lft turns um and i am on wherever you listen to podcasts um no matter where it is spotify google samsung apple wherever you can find me on all those spots and stay tuned for the next episode